kind of get you hyped up. Like, we're ready to party. Let's, let's do this today, Crossroads. Let's party. Uh, who's ready to party? Let's do this. Okay. That's better. That's better. I was concerned nobody actually wanted to party there for a second. Uh, the, the ultimate party, can we, can we just be clear 100% here? The ultimate party is the celebration of a changed life. There is nothing better than when someone encounters Jesus and their life is changed forever. Let me just say this. Uh, on February 27th, we're having another baptism service. And I want to invite you, if you have said yes to Jesus, have never taken this next step of faith, this is the ultimate celebration. This is our goal. You guys at Crossroads, for the next five years, our goal is we want to baptize a thousand people across all of our campuses, a thousand people whose lives have been changed by Jesus. And we want to celebrate your life. If you've encountered Jesus and said yes, be thinking about celebrating that with us because that is the ultimate party. And I gladly welcome you to that party, all right? And today we're talking about the importance of the role that we play in getting people to that point. Because honestly, let's just be real for a second. The Holy Spirit he convicts, he guides, he directs us toward him. Uh, God moves in people, he draws them to him. But you guys, we have the opportunity to play a part in that process. How amazing is it that God invites us along for that journey, that we get to be a part of that adventure? And when you think about it, I think it all starts with this concept that we see in Luke 5.31. And we've been utilizing this, you know, for the last six months, really started back uh, in September and October when we did our all-in series. Because it's all centered around this idea of Jesus saying, who needs a doctor, right? The healthy or the sick? He says, I've not come to, you know, uh, visit the outsiders uh, or visit the insiders. I've come to help the outsiders, to invite them to a changed life, change inside and out. That, that is who Jesus is. That is what he is about. That's the heartbeat of Jesus. He wants to invite outsiders to a changed life. That's why he came to planet Earth. And I think it's really important for us to recognize that when we talk about this idea of being all in, this is something that we started in September and October. We talked about trusting Jesus, about following him, about making him the highest priority in our lives. We asked the question, what would it look like if all of us were all in? If we led the way, we lived generously, and we said, God, we're going to trust you with our finances. We're going to give generously. What would it look like if all of us were all in? And you guys, Crossroads, the family here stepped up. We are able to invest for the next couple of years now in opportunities to invite people to a changed life. And we're going all in on this because we believe there's a party to be had when people say yes to Jesus and lives are changed. And we want to be part of that because that's who Jesus is. That is the why behind everything that he did. And when you think about that, that reality, you have to recognize that when Jesus was walking on planet Earth, he was on a mission he was here for a very clear reason. He had a purpose, and it was crystal clear. He was focused on the why. And if you know what your why is, it makes everything that you deal with in life uh, worthwhile. Like if you're going through college and the why is, okay, I'm going to graduate with this degree so that I can pursue this career, then the why, why am I doing this, is what gets you through all those moments. It gets you through all those late night study sessions where you realize I have not prepared for this at all, and now I'm going to be up till five in the morning preparing for this. The why is what keeps you focused, right? Well, think about the why for Jesus. <clears throat> he made it crystal clear in Luke 19 what that was. And I think it's good for us to focus on this sometimes because Jesus was on a mission. It says in Luke 19, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. 
there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. Now, it's really important for us to recognize something about Zacchaeus. He was the tax collector, all right? He was probably the most hated man in all of that area. Number one question, who likes to pay taxes? Like, oh, I would love actually to pay more taxes. Anybody like that? No? That's crazy. Where's your patriotism? Okay, so nobody really likes to pay taxes. Okay, I get that. Who likes to be cheated in their taxes? Like, I've got to pay double what I was supposed to. Anybody? No. Oh, nobody? Nobody raised their head. Shocker. Zacchaeus was not only the chief tax collector, but recognize this, the Israelites, the Jewish people at that time, were under the reign of the Roman Empire. So when Zacchaeus is collecting taxes, he's collecting taxes for the Romans, the enemy of, of the Israelites. And not only is he collecting taxes for the Romans, who they despise, he's actually in the position where he can charge them more and pocket the difference. If you owe $10, he charges you 20 and he's making a fortune. There is nothing you can do to retaliate against Zacchaeus. That's why he is such a hated man. Zacchaeus is living it up. He is living the high life, and it's on your dime. He's stealing, stealing you blind, and there's nothing you can do about it. So he's the hated man. Nobody likes Zacchaeus. But check out what happens. It says in verse 3, he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. It is kind of incredible that when we think about Zacchaeus, if you grew up in church and, and familiar with all the Bible stories and all of the kids' songs that go with it, what you know Zacchaeus for is actually he's known for being a wee little man, all right? A wee little man was he. It's really only funny if you know the song. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. I'll stop right there just because I know it's terrible. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate your high level of the eye that you have for musical talent. Thank you. Thank you. So there's this recognition that Zacchaeus is the most hated guy in the region. We really just know him for being <laughs> a wee little man. And yet, I want you to think about the implication of verses 3 and 4. Jesus has come into Jericho. Zacchaeus, who's, I mean, he's been chasing after money his whole life to the point where everyone hates him still is so intrigued by the thought of Jesus who's been preaching about the kingdom, who's been challenging the way that people think, who's been performing miracles and transforming lives. He's so intrigued by Jesus that this guy is running ahead of the crowd, and even though he's short, he's going, I'm going to do whatever it takes because i got to see this guy. He's, he's putting himself in a precarious situation. It's always, he's climbing a tree so he can see this guy. And I think that speaks to the reality that no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you are pursuing, whether it's the pursuit of pleasure, possession, power, prestige, none of those things satisfy. And in fact, I would contend with you that the pursuit of those things, if that's all you're shooting for in life, that's always going to take you farther than you ever wanted to go. You're going to be left at rock bottom. And I would contend with you today that the reason for that is because Jesus really is the only thing that fills that void in our life. When he says, I've come to give you life to the fullest, that's what he's talking about. 
You're living on purpose. Your identity is found in him. You are living with this hope for your eternal destiny of being with him. There's nothing better than that. That's, that's life to the fullest. Jesus is the answer to all of life's deepest questions that we're searching for. And so there's this realization that Zacchaeus, although he seemingly has everything except friends, uh, there's the reality, I, I need to see Jesus. He desperately wants to see this guy. And so it says in verse 5, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. No one is more shocked in this moment than Zacchaeus, all right? He's going, what is happening? You know my name. You want to come to my house? This is amazing, right? It says Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. This is changing everything. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Why is he going to hang out with Zacchaeus? Like, Jesus, I'm right here. I follow all the law. I'm doing what's right. Come hang out with me, right? Like, I feel like maybe we've been there. People are wondering, why is Zacchaeus, why, why is he going to hang out with that guy? We hate that guy. He's a cheater. He's stolen all of our money. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. I mean, this represents a complete moment of repentance for Zacchaeus. This is Zacchaeus encountering Jesus, realizing that the life that he has been living is not the life that he's called to. Right now, this is a moment of surrender for Zacchaeus. He's saying yes to Jesus, and it's changing him on the spot. I mean, it's changing him in real time. And I love Jesus' response. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Get this, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. That is the why. That's the why behind everything that Jesus came to planet earth for. He came to seek and to save those who were lost. So when he walks into Jerusalem, and he knows he's about to be beaten and crucified. He's having those sacred moments with his disciples where he's having the Last Supper. He's praying with them. He's praying for us. When he is being beaten, when he's carrying that cross up the hill and he's being nailed to the tree, in his mind, the why is, I came to seek and to save you. That's the why. That's who he is. That's what he is about. He came to seek and to save us because every one of us were desperate for him. We all need Jesus. And so that's his mission. That, that's who God is. That's who Jesus is. And the thing is, is that's not just his mission. He's given us a mission too. He invites us to be a part of that adventure, part of that process, part of that journey with the people that he has placed in our lives. How amazing is that? In Matthew 28, he makes it crystal clear about this mission that he has given us. It says that Jesus came and told his disciples, and this is after he's been crucified, this is after he's been buried, after he rose again, he's walked around for 40 days, he's about to ascend into heaven, and he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How amazing is that? That's the mission that Jesus has given us. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. Then he says to us, hey, you go. Go make disciples. Go find those who are hurting. Go find those who are lost and connect them with me. I'm going to change their lives and we're going to celebrate. Welcome them to the party because that's where it's at. It's life to the fullest. And that changes everything. You guys, we get to be a part of that process. We have been called to go and make disciples. That's our mission. That's my mission. That's your mission. And I got to be honest with you. I don't know if there's anything better than being part of a moment, a beautiful and sacred moment where someone encounters Jesus, their life is changed, and you get to be a part of that. There there isn't much that's better in life than that. That is a moment that changes an eternal destiny. That is a beautiful and sacred moment. And if you start to experience those moments, I'm telling you right now, you're not going to stop. And when you're living life on mission, when you are joining in the effort of Jesus to invite outsiders to a changed life, I want to tell you right now, it keeps you close with Jesus. It keeps you near the front door where you're inviting the new people in. And life, I'm telling you, that's where it's lived to the fullest. I, uh, a few weeks back, uh, I had a random phone call uh, that came my way. And uh, it was someone in our church here asking if I'd be willing to talk to a friend who was kind of struggling, had some family problems he wanted to talk about. And I said, hey, sure, let's talk. Why not? And uh, ended up this guy was just really concerned about his son. Son's in kind of a rough spot. And uh, I was able to, to talk with both of them on the phone. And what they were dealing with, I said, you know what? I think the perfect place for you is come join us on Tuesday night. We have Celebrate, the Re- uh, Celebrate Recovery that meets here. I think that would be a great first step for you just to kind of lean in and see what Jesus might speak into your life. And anybody here is excited about Celebrate Recovery? Anybody? Oh, okay. Some of you, yeah, some of you are, that's good. Um, I had a chance a few weeks back to speak at Celebrate Recovery. It was a great night, it was fantastic. And it was the night that these two guys showed up. And I'd never met them before, I met them in the lobby. Uh, we shook hands, spoke briefly. Uh, but I was, I was really glad to see them. Well, at the end of the night of Celebrate Recovery, uh, they always celebrate. If you've been able to stay on the right path and keep saying yes to Jesus for 30 days, come and celebrate. 60 days, come and celebrate. 90 days, it's amazing when people do one year, two year celebration. I mean, these are beautiful moments. But the most beautiful moment is that at the end of all that, they ask if you want to come forward and take your blue chip. Like, is this the night you want to start this new path? You want to say yes to Jesus? You want to come forward and say, all right, I'm not going to live this way any longer. It's time, it's time to change. Um, I was standing in the back wall of this room, and I'm just kind of watching this moment unfold. It's beautiful. And uh, I see this father and this son in the back room. And I could see it. Uh, when that invitation was made, a couple people immediately came forward. It's amazing. The whole room's clapping and cheering. It's just this awesome moment. And I can see the back of the son. And I can see him just kind of tense. And it's one of those moments where you know he's fighting God right now. <laughs> I've been trained. I went through years of college and training to know that person's fighting God right now. I can see that. I've got an eye. It's like right now in the darkness, I have this vision. I can see it. I know you and you. I'm just kidding. Uh, So uh, (laughs) that was fun for me, but you. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I could just see it. He's just tense. 
And it's like one of those moments where God's saying, hey, I'm calling you. And <laughs> we talked this a few weeks ago, right? Like, oh, God, not me. I'm not, I won't go. No. God, I hear you, but send someone else. <laughs> God, anyone but me. And I can see him fighting. And then in the body language, you just kind of see him. He let it go. He just, and he stepped out and he came forward and got his blue chip, which was an amazing moment. And uh, he walked around the front, he walked around the side, and he's giving everybody high fives. And uh, he went back to the back row. And I'm sitting against the back wall just watching this. And I've never met these guys until that night. But uh, you know, him and his dad, they, they hugged. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful moment. It's a sacred moment. Just to know that, you know, you can play a small role in those moments, right? Just a phone call. <laughs> Nothing magical there. It's an invitation to celebrate recovery. Anybody can do that. It's set up that moment that can change the course of someone's life for eternity. And you guys, we get to be a part of those moments. And that's the why. That's the heartbeat of who Jesus is why he came to planet earth and he's challenged us to go we we have to be inviting outsiders to a change life we're the hands and feet of jesus man we get to be the light that shines in the darkness we get to draw people to jesus it's supposed to be they see what jesus is doing in our lives and they're attracted to that right it means we got to be leading the way with love and with kindness and generosity compassion and grace and mercy having conversations encouraging conversations introducing people to jesus we get to be a part of that and I want you, I desperately want each and every one of us to be able to experience those kinds of beautiful and sacred moments all the time. And how alive is your relationship with Jesus if you're experiencing like that, some, something like that, on a regular basis? That's where it's at. That's where life is lived to the fullest. And so I, I want to encourage you to just think in those terms. Because the reality is, I think Jesus wants us to be united in our mission. Can we just stop and consider that for a second? When all of us together are focusing as one on this mission, and that is the thing that unites us, I don't think that that can be stopped. I mean, we asked this question, you know, back in October and November, what would it look like if all of us were all in? And in, the, in that season, we're talking about leading the way in generosity. I want to take this and turn this a different direction and look at this from another angle. You guys, what would it look like if all of us were all in when it comes to inviting outsiders to a changed life? What would it look like if all of us were all inviting the people in our lives who are desperate for the hope of Jesus to experience a changed life? Man, what kind of revival would break out in this place? How many lives would be changed? How would God begin to move? I think it just takes a step in the right direction of God's people, of us saying, no, God, this is the mission that you came to planet Earth for. This is the mission that you've given us, and we are going to be united as one in this mission. I think that's a game changer. And I want us to experience that right here at Crossroads. That's why we put on events like Super Sunday. It's, it's really not about the football game. I mean, it's the Bengals. Who cares? So the reality is... <laughs> It's not the bears. Uh, <laughs> I just stepped on some toes. I apologize. Uh, the reality is, man, 
Super Sunday is going to be amazing if a bunch of people say yes to Jesus. That's going to be amazing. And we all get to be a part of that. And when we're united as one on that mission, there's unity that comes from that that attracts people in a world that is divided. I mean, right now there's so much ugliness and so much division. If people can walk into a place and see people from all different walks of life, all different kinds of backgrounds, united, living out this this perfect unity that Jesus has called us to, that speaks volumes. And the best way that we stay focused and united is by, by staying focused on the mission that God has given us. And that's why for the next five years, our goal, we want to see a thousand people baptized. If we're all celebrating and leaning into those moments, we recognize we all play a part in those beautiful moments when people are baptized, when they say yes to Jesus, and we celebrate that life that has been changed. We're all working together to celebrate those moments. And that's, that's something that is alive. That is something that is growing. That's something that I want to be a part of. And that's why I'm trying to cast this vision for our church. That can be our future. I think that's what it looks like if all of us are all inviting the people in our lives who are desperate for the hope in Jesus to experience a changed life, to say yes to Jesus. We can do this. It says in, in John 17, and I, I gotta be honest with you, this, this is a, a passage of scripture that has always really resonated with me because I personalize this. I believe that Jesus was praying for me in this moment. I believe that he was praying for you specifically. This is a moment where Jesus is about to be crucified They've already eaten the last supper together and he's praying before he is about to experience the greatest pain, the greatest suffering that anyone has ever experienced. This is his prayer for us in John 17. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples, the 12 that were around him, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. You guys, that's us. Make no mistake, the ripple effect that goes through planet Earth and through the kingdom from those 12 disciples who were sent by Jesus to go and tell the good news, we are the result of that. That's us. 2,000 years later, we are now living the present day story of the church that we read about in the New Testament. That's us. That's our story. That's our history. And so he's saying, I'm praying for those who will ever believe in me through their message. He's praying for you, and he's praying for me. What was on the heart of Jesus right before he was crucified? Listen to this. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. And he gets so clear in verse 23. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. What an incredible prayer that Jesus prays for you and for me. That's a prayer for us. He wants us to be unified as one around this mission He wants people to see Jesus in us and to be drawn to him. That's our mission. It's the mission of Jesus, and it has to unite us. It has to be what we're about. And so I have to ask this question today. Who is desperate for an invitation to a changed life? We're all surrounded with people who are desperate for the hope of Jesus. I I want to encourage you this week in the strongest possible way. Give that person a card. Invite them to join us. 
They might not like football. It doesn't even matter. Everybody likes food. There's stupid competitions that we're going to have next week. It's just going to be fun. And oh, by the way, we're going to invite them to a changed life. We're going to introduce them to Jesus. And make no mistake, that's who they are searching for. Zacchaeus, everybody would have looked at him and said, oh, he's got it made. He's got all the wealth in the world. He doesn't have a care. But when Jesus walked by, he was drawn to him. He had to see him. And when he encountered Jesus, it changed everything. And I'm praying that next week we experience all kinds of moments just like that. Where people who are desperate for hope find it in Jesus. We get to be a part of that. Who are you going to invite? Who could we be celebrating next week whose life has changed because we all said we're doing this? We're going to live out the mission that God's given us and we're going to invite people to a changed life. You know, it's become a tradition for us here at Crossroads that we have a chance to say yes to Jesus at the end of each service. And uh, I think if you've known Jesus for a while, you've had a walk with him, sometimes you wonder, well, why do we do this every Sunday? Well, every Sunday we have people here who visit for the first time. And I'm not sure that everybody knows Jesus. And I'm committed to inviting everyone we can to a changed life. So I want to make sure that everybody has a chance to say yes to Jesus. But I also think it's a good reminder for us because I think that the farther away that we get from that moment where we encountered Jesus, the more entitled we start to feel, the more we forget that we too were once without hope. And I think it's good to stay close to that front door, that front door where everybody's coming in, be invited to a changed life. It's good for us to stay in that place, to keep it fresh, to never forget, I need Jesus. I can't do this on my own. And if you're here today and you're realizing I need Jesus. You might be fighting it, but I want to encourage you in this moment that you have a chance right now to experience a changed life. Jesus came here. He suffered and died, paid a price you couldn't pay. He did all that for you. He loves you with an extravagant love. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what what you feel like walking through the doors today. I believe God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. And so I want to invite you guys today to say yes to Jesus. And I'd like to close today by praying that prayer together. So wherever you are, would you just stand and join us in this prayer? And if you're saying this for the first time, I want you to know that if you believe this in your heart and you're praying this sincerely, then you are inviting Jesus into your life and you are forever changed. Can we pray this prayer together? Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world that you gave your life to forgive my sins and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. And can we just give God glory for the love that he has for us? His mission was us. He came to seek and to save us. And I want to invite you, if you said that prayer for the first time today, there's a celebration going on right now. When we talk about a party, there's a party in heaven right now because you just said yes to Jesus. And here's the thing, Pastor Keith is right over here. He's waving his hand at you. Uh, I want to encourage you, come forward and say, say hi to Keith. You can do that right now. You can do that after the service is over. But he has a present for you. We want to give you a Bible. We want to help you take next steps and become who God called you to be because we believe that your life is forever changed and we want to celebrate that with you. 
And before I go, I just got to say this one more time. You guys, next week, we have a chance to invite all kinds of people to a changed life. Think about, pray about. I would even dare say be courageous and invite someone you know who's desperate for Jesus to come join you. And let's celebrate next week as people say yes to him. Are you with me? Crossroads, let's do this. Let's do this. It's going to be an amazing day. Let me pray over you, and then we're going to close with a worship song today. Uh, Jesus, you are so good, and we thank you for the extravagant love that you have for us. God, we are so thankful that you came to this planet focused on your mission to seek and save us. And we're asking God just for the courage, for the wisdom, for the direction so that, God, you can guide us to where you want to lead us, that we can be your hands and feet, that we can also be on mission, inviting people who you love to experience a changed life. God, I ask that you go before us. God, I ask that next week you would bless this place, that people would say yes to you, that we would celebrate countless lives forever changed because of what you are doing here. God, work in us and through us, and may we be open and willing to be your hands and feet this week. We pray this in your name, and together we say,